0: Welcome to the Lost Boys the Found Fathers podcast. I'm Gabe O'Sullivan and joining me is my co-host Will Haycox. We are men who have suffered the loss of a child and through this production we desire to offer encouragement, strength and hope to our fellow brothers who have traveled the same journey. Welcome Will.
1: What's up Gabe?
0: So this is episode, the next episode in our series talking about what does it look like to be a godly husband and father and we finished up last episode talking about priorities and why priorities matter in the hierarchy of the home. Putting God first, your wife second, children next, and then work. Mm -hmm. And that is what makes the home healthiest. And now we're going to talk about what does it mean to grow professionally, personally, in your relationship with the Lord? What does the word sanctification
1: mean? And so that's where we're going to start right now. Great. Thanks, Gabe. Yeah, just a quick recap of what we did before. We, we opened up talking about media portrayals of fathers and husbands and how they're basically pretty much all, at least nowadays, all, all bumbling idiots, and they, they do funny things everybody can laugh at, but there's not really much of substance or any leadership that comes from them. We talked about how that's not the role of a Christian husband and father, that we are called to train up a child, to love our wives, to provide discipline for our children, and to do that in a way that doesn't provoke our children to anger unnecessarily. And uh, we talked about Ephesians 5, 25 through 33, where we're called to love our wives as Christ loves the church. And that means to love sacrificially and to give of ourselves so that our wives and our children are built up. And then like you said, Gabe, we finished there talking about priorities of a godly man, and that's his relationship with the Lord, his relationship with his wife, then his relationship with his children, and finally his work relationship and his work responsibilities so the next question there was what does it mean to sacrifice your life and comfort for your family and one of the things there is like you said that big fun word sanctification it means having a healthy growing relationship with god and working in concert with the holy spirit towards your own sanctification and sanctification is a is a whatever a ten dollar word however you want to say it nowadays with inflation it might be considered like a 200 hundred dollar <laughs> word or something yeah. maybe that's what ten dollars is but uh, Basically, sanctification is it's the work of the Holy Spirit. And when we become Christians, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us. And essentially, the Holy Spirit is working. It can work with us or against us. And when it has to work against us as Christians, it's basically like allowing you to deal with your own consequences, the consequences of your actions, um, showing you, hey, you, whatever you prioritize, work that time, you should have prioritized your wife. So now you and your wife are going to fight something, you know, whatever could happen. It's just something that's teaching you in despite yourself. And working in concert with the Holy Spirit is what we're called to do. And that means, I think I'll just read 1 Timothy 3, 2 through 5 here. And this is um, requirements for a overseer or a pastor or an elder in a church. But we actually find that in the Bible, all Christian men are held to the standard of being, you know, hospitable, respectful, above reproach, and all this. So First Timothy three, two through five says, Therefore an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For someone does not know how to manage his household. How will he care for God's church? So the sanctification there is working with the Holy Spirit towards being above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, all of these things. And that means if you have a struggle with lust that you don't just— a good Christian man following trying to obey the Lord— Doesn't just sit back and say, Man, every time I go work out, I see all the girls in their yoga pants and their sports bras, and I'm sitting here, you know, squatting or doing bench press, but I'm really just staring at that girl across from me, and like, she looks so good, you know, whatever. And you let your mind go down that path, and maybe you're stopping short of picturing her without those clothes on, maybe you're not, but you're kind of like, in this limbo of i know i would never have i would never cheat on my wife with this woman but i'm just going to you know keep looking at her because you know what's the harm someone who is trying to work with the holy spirit and concert with him toward their own self discipline when they go to the gym and they know they struggle with lust and they see something that catches their eye they can build a discipline a habit of averting their eyes and looking somewhere else or closing their eyes and praying immediately, Lord, help me to deal with this struggle. Take this temptation away from me. Help me to focus on working out, which is what I came here to do, and not going down that path. And the same thing you could say for alcohol, for you know, anger, anything like that. You know, When you start going down those paths, if you're trying to work in concert with the Holy Spirit, you're identifying those patterns that lead you to yelling at your co-workers or you know whatever it is not wanting to open up your home to someone or be generous not being respectable and you're asking the holy spirit to come into your daily actions and to change them and make them rely more make you rely more on the lord rather than just doing everything by yourself yeah i would so, say yeah, it's yeah, just ahead.
0: it's all about becoming more like christ every day mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. what that that's what that term is referring to us mm-hmm. becoming holy. Mm-hmm. And these things that you're speaking of, Will, those are examples of us becoming holy, more mm-hmm. like Christ, having the mind of Christ, having the heart of Christ, having the love of Christ mm-hmm. within us and, uh, and directing all of our thoughts, all of mm-hmm. our attitudes, all of our actions, all of our motivations. And mm-hmm. so that's what we're, and, and in that, guess who's going to benefit? Well, we're going to benefit, our family's going to benefit the kingdom of God is going to benefit mm. if we are becoming more like him and you you said something a minute ago about the Holy Spirit can work uh, kind of with us or against us mm. and with us is building us up in the Lord against us is when he's convicting us in regards to the sin or unrighteousness mm. that we might be you know living in or, or, or having uh, some struggles with at that time and I think that in both situations like it is that God's Spirit is working for our good mm. and and we think about it, you know, I'm gonna use a sports example. I think back to high school basketball practice. If, if a team was not running the play correctly, <clears throat> well, if you run it incorrectly enough times in a row, mm. coach would take the ball, put everybody on the baseline, mm. and now you're running suicides. Mm. And you would do mm. that until he got tired of watching you run suicides. <laughs> and then and then you come back and get back in the play, and mm. I bet you money we did it. We did a good job, mm. you know. After that, we focused, we concentrated, and we got it right. Mm. Well, why did he do that? Is it because he just mm. wanted to see us suffer? No, it's because he was trying to teach us. Like, hey, if you do things the right way, then you're going to get blessings, which in this mm. example would be points. Mm. Okay, if you do things in the wrong way, well, I'm going to use something to mm. teach you the importance of doing things the right way. And I think that's kind of the way that the spirit um, works in us. like you said, we sometimes are going to suffer the the consequences of our, we're well not suffer, sometimes we're always going to suffer the consequences of our actions. If they are against the Lord and if they are sinful, but it is because God wants us to be better. He mm-hmm. wants us to be more like him. He wants us. And why does he want that? Cause he wants us to live a life full of blessings and not curses. He wants us to fill a life or uh, fulfill a life that is, um, you know, full of good things mm-hmm. and not pain and punishment and all these negative things that come mm-hmm. from us living in sin.
1: Yeah, or um, you know, you say blessings, and I guess I just want <clears throat> to make sure there's not someone out there listening to us and saying, "Well, I think I've done all the right things, and I'm not feeling blessed." You know, like we've we've talked about. Yeah. Prosperity gospel kind of thing. I just want to make sure I throw a statement out there to someone who might be listening critically and saying, "Is that what you're saying that I'm? I've had a bad go of things, so I must not be a good Christian." And I think that is horrible, wrong, and that is uh, that is a miscarriage of Christian right handling of the truth to say that you know you can have suffering in your life as a result of your own sin. Or you could have suffering in your life because the world is broken and bad things happen. And obviously this podcast is about losing children. And I don't think we find anywhere in Scripture that we all lost kids because we didn't have our quiet time enough or because Mm -hmm. we didn't love God enough or because we didn't have enough faith and we didn't have the power to pray that child back to life. All those things are are lies, they're unhelpful and they draw us further from the Lord rather than encouraging us to come closer to him. So I think just to say, not to get off on this tangent, but just to say there that, you know, you can follow Christ faithfully and still suffer. And I think in that situation what we're called to do is just to continue following him and to trust that he's trying to teach you something through this suffering. He's trying to mature you you know we talked about before where you know suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and that's something that maybe the suffering in your life is just teaching you that you can rely on God more and you need to rely on God more so there's there's a lot of different um, you know causes and purposes for brokenness and hope so I don't want to don't want to fail to say that, even though we've already covered that in this podcast. So the next thing there is, what does it mean to be you know, a good husband that sacrifices your life and comfort for your family? That means not just providing for their physical needs like we talked about with working and, and bringing home money and buying food and a car and insurance and a home, but it also means providing for their emotional and spiritual needs so that means, like we said, you know, Proverbs twenty-two six: train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he's old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs, if if you know anything about the Bible, isn't uh, isn't the same as the rest of the Bible. It's not. It's not a story. It's not a parable like Jesus would tell. <clears throat> it's just like it says, Proverbs. It's it's a father. We think Solomon writing to his son and just kind of telling him like basically lots of do's and don'ts and like I said he touches everything from you know good business practices to relationships with women and things like that but this one is is not necessarily a promise to say if you teach your child the right things they'll all become Christians and they'll never do bad things but it's a general truth like most of Proverbs is that says if you take the time to teach a child the way he should go meaning to follow Christ, to know Christ, to love the Lord, his daily disciplines of spending time with the Lord and prioritizing Christ and relationship with the Lord over everything else, then in general, when he grows up and he has these habits established, he will continue in them and he will have a fulfilling relationship with the Lord as well, rather than growing up and being like, well... My parents went to church every week, but, you know, we didn't really talk about God, and, you know, I never made it my own faith, so now I'm going to grow up, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to do my own thing, and turn away from, you know, what my parents believed, and I'm going to go be an atheist or a pantheist or some, you know, crazy thing like that. So, I'll only jump in right there.
0: If there's guys listening that think, well, I don't think it's right for me to push what I believe on my kids. Mm-hmm you are dead wrong in -hmm. that because if you don't believe that, well, I'll say this, you're dead wrong if you believe, if you say that you are a Christian Mm -hmm. because if you truly believe the Bible, then there is no other way that your kids should be thinking or living or believing. Like Christ is the only answer. There are not multiple answers to how you can have eternal salvation. And so if you really say that you're a Christian, and you don't think that you should be training up your child in mm-hmm. the faith, then you really don't believe what the Bible says, mm-hmm. because you're you're saying I'm going to give my kid the choice to choose destruction,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that is that's not that's not what you want to be doing,
1: mm-hmm. and. I mean, we have this idea, and where, I guess where does that idea come from that like, you shouldn't push things on your kids? And again, I can make another note, we can explore this in another podcast, but I don't think that is a Christian idea that we should just provide our kids a good, loving, safe home, and then we should let them discover everything on their own, whether it's discover their own sex as to whether they're <laughs> right. boys that look like girls yeah. and girls that look like boys, or whether it's whether they think math is is a true thing or if it's a made up concept <laughs> or you know whatever or whether they think the sky is blue or green like if you want to raise your kid up that way i think you're being influenced by our popular culture yeah which again going back to what gabe said earlier or i guess he said this in the last episode so go back and listen to episode 36 but we don't want to come off as conspiracy theorists here but if you you look at culture you read the culture and you think critically about all the content that we consume, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, some of those things that for kids younger than me, my wife was trying to find a video the other day, or I was trying to find a video and I couldn't find it because I wasn't searching on TikTok because I don't use TikTok. My wife, I don't think uses it either, but she knows she can go there and find it quick. So if I, I'm only 30, but apparently that dates me that I don't use TikTok. But um, we see all these things from popular culture telling us Don't push anything on your kids. Like you said, Gabe, you know, let them, their kids are a blank slate. Let them go out and experience the world and learn and, you know, fail a little bit and learn a little bit here. And if they decide that they want to be unicorns with purple hair and, you know, whatever, and they want to believe in pantheism that that I am God and you are God and this wall is God and this tree is God, then that's fine. You know, you shouldn't try to crush their personality and crush their experience and force them to believe something because, one, that just sounds stupid. Sorry if I'm being too blunt. But two, they can tell you all they want to. Don't force Christianity down your child's throat. Don't force a Christian biblical view of marriage as one woman and one man down their throat. Don't force... This patriarchal system of God as a father makes the husband and the father, the leader of the house, and the wife submits to him, and the children submit to the husband and the wife. Don't force that patriarchal view down my throat. You're just, you're whatever. You're part of systemic oppression. You're part of systemic racism. What are they doing? They are pushing all that down your kids' throats. So there's no such thing as this little bubble of protection around a child that they can grow up without any undue influence. Your kids are going to be influenced by somebody. They're going to be taught by somebody. They're going to have someone try to take them under their wing, or if that's a good way, taking it under your wing, you're going to have somebody sink their hooks into them and pull them into their own ideology. And if you know kids are going to be quote unquote indoctrinated someone then it's better for you to raise them up in what you believe what you know is the truth of Christ the biblical understanding of sexuality the biblical roles of a husband and a wife the way the biblical way to view work as honoring to the Lord it's better to give them that biblical understanding and way to see and prioritize their world and then let them go out into the world and experience all of the craziness that they're gonna see out there where people talk about the cure to all the world's problems is overthrowing the patriarchy or the cure to all the world's problems is overthrowing systemic racism or the cure to all the world's problems is ending poverty or ending hunger. Like, all those things are good. We shouldn't want uh, honor shame society where you know husbands can marry off their, or fathers can marry off their 10 year old daughters. We shouldn't want a society where you can lynch somebody because they're a different race than you are. We shouldn't want a society where you can force people to work with against their will. And, you know, all these other things are bad. <clears throat> but ending poverty or ending hunger is good in the here and now. But if somebody has their hunger problem alleviated and they live till they're 90 and die without Christ, they're still going to hell, whether they died hungry at... 18 and knew Christ and went to heaven or whether they're 90 and died of old age and went to hell, like which one of those is better? So I think not to get off on a tangent there, but no, the most dude, important I don't thing think, is to, yeah. your kids are going to be influenced by somebody. So make it the right influences and then let them go out and, and deal with the wrong influences later.
0: Dude, amen. And that was, that was not a tangent. I mean, that is in line with Proverbs 22, 6 that says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And so it is our responsibility to teach our children about the Lord and to bring him up in the Lord. It is the Holy Spirit's responsibility to convict them in regard to their sin and righteousness and call them to faith. Mm. So it's not like we are like some, uh, you know, crusaders that are like, Mm. okay, child, today's the day that you're going to get on your knees and you're going to repent of your sins. You're going to give your life to Christ and start following him. We can't do that. We mm-hmm. can't make them follow Christ. They have to choose to do that mm-hmm. for for themselves, but we have to mm-hmm. give them the knowledge of what does that look like, and we have to model that in love. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly what that verse is talking about. Other people talk about, hey, that verse might mean you know, teaching them what they're supposed to do with their lives as they get older and that kind of thing, and we could certainly discuss that some other time. But for this podcast and for this episode, let's remember it is – our responsibility as fathers to lead our children to the Lord because that's going to be the most beneficial for them in this life and definitely in the next life. Mm -hmm. So thank you all for joining us today. Uh, Make sure that you follow Lost Boys, The Found Fathers on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And please check out my books on Amazon or Apple Books or barnesandnoble.com. That will be done. And Every Little Thing, Six Small Steps to Perfect Peace are those two books. Again, thanks for joining us today. We will continue this discussion and this topic on our next episode. Let's not be lost. Let's remember to be found in Him.